Take it away, Derek. What's your question? Why do you guys talk about comics so much? Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? 18 years. <laughs> Toothbrush is still fresh. Did they have sex? Because, I mean, she Hulk, you know. Damn it, Tony. We went an entire episode without mentioning Maggot, and then you ruined it. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Batman's got his little fishbowl on his head, but <laughs> Superman doesn't. Cyclops was right. Except when he was wrong. Master Bruce, you are calm. I'm going to silently judge all of you. Shut up, beast. <laughs> Shut up. Like I've read it so many times, you know, it pretty much just crumbled in my hands. Come on, old chum. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? See, I didn't hate Hellcat until you made me read this miniseries. It was just a joke, but you made it real, Justin. No. You made it real. I, I prefer my Dazzler singing, like, Creedence Clearwater Revival songs at Australian bars. Titty discs. And... <laughs> That's what to be known as from now on. Like, I'm going to go into the Marvel Wikipedia and whatever it is. <laughs> the worst titty discs. <laughs> get better than that. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey guys, welcome back to another bug-erific, three-way, rival, fusion-tastic episode of Comics, motherfucker! Do you read them? Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts on the Starship Fan Holes tonight. But I am not alone, I am joined by two, count them, Two of my fellow crewmen. Why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who is here tonight? Hey, it's Mike. And this is Justin. Yeah, so we're we're here and we're here to discuss a 30-year-old. This is the 30th anniversary, right, Justin? Yes, it is. 30th anniversary of a very special Star Trek hardcover graphic novel entitled Debt of Honor. This was published by DC Comics. It was on sale, the hardcover, July 7th, 1992. And because it was a hardcover, it had the whopping price of $24.95. There was a softcover version that was later on sale November 3rd, 1992. The editor was Robert Greenberger. There are various cover credits for the hardcover and softcover. Dave Dorman did the cover for the hardcover and Jason Palmer did the cover for the soft cover. The writer is the famed X-Men writer, scribe Chris Claremont. The penciler is the famously famous cheesecakey artist Adam Hughes. The inker is Carl C. Story, letterer Robert M. Pinaha, colorist Tom J. McCraw. And I did write up a a semi- it's not too lengthy, but I, I wrote up, you know, a somewhat decent synopsis in case you've never read this before. This graphic novel comes from the mind of the famed X-Men writer Chris Claremont. The present day part of the story takes place shortly after the events of Star Trek IV The Voyage Home. Kirk is on leave with Dr. Jillian Taylor as she continues to look after the humpback whales George and Gracie. As the story continues, we are regaled with flashbacks from the point of view of Kirk, Spock and McCoy that become increasingly relevant to the present day. The first flashback is during a young Lieutenant Commander Kirk's last days aboard the USS Farragut where the ship was attacked by practically phaser-proof bug-like aliens. 
Kirk is assigned to work with a sensual and lovely young Vulcan woman called Tassel, and they manage to separate the saucer section of the ship from the hull, with Tassel saving Kirk's life. During the debriefing with Admiral Nagura, Tassel is presumed killed by the Romulans due to their close proximity to the Romulan neutral zone. Back in present day, Kirk says his farewells to Jillian to investigate the bug aliens along with Lieutenant Savick, but making it appear to Starfleet Command as if he were still on leave with the whale biologist. On the Enterprise A, Lieutenant Jamie Finney looks on in surprise as Dr. McCoy holds his own in a game of three-dimensional chess against Mr. Spock. Of course, Adam Hughes' wonderful expressions and Claremont's banter between Spock and McCoy in the game is simply priceless. The second flashback from the perspective of Dr. McCoy takes place shortly after the events of the original series episode, The Doomsday Machine, aboard the USS Enterprise. Kirk and his away team board a Romulan vessel and assist the crew fending off the same strange bug aliens from the previous incident. After the battle is concluded, Kirk is reunited with his old flame, Tassel, who is actually dun dun dun, a Romulan commander. The third flashback, from the perspective of Mr. Spock, takes place shortly after the events of Star Trek The Motion Picture. Kirk and Tassel are reunited yet again and make plans to deal with the alien creatures when they next arrive. Back in the present, Kirk is surprised to find that the crew, and extended crew, of the USS Enterprise has secretly joined him on his mission. Tassel and the Klingon Corps forge an alliance with Kirk, three-way rival fusion, and the crew of the Enterprise to stop a threat that would endanger all three societies. And that pretty much is my, my synopsis, but you know, rest assured, the three-way rival fusion is a success. They stop the aliens from invading, and George and Gracie have a kid. That's, that's super cool. And everything is hunky-dory. So that, that pretty much is what happens in Dead of Honor, the kind of Cliff Notes version, in case you haven't read it. This, for me, is a, a beloved Star Trek comic book story. The art is is really nice it's some really nice art from adam hughes i mean you know there, there's some stuff i suppose you could be persnickety about where you know i know they try to do the different time frames of things and, and sometimes kirk looks a little too young in the present day time frame and you know that it doesn't always get you know nailed between time frames but i mean overall like it seems like everybody is you know, it's a comic book. Everybody is drawn to look their best, right? Like even even if they're, you know, a little older in the present day sequences, they're still drawn to look their best. So everybody looks kind of kind of nice, you know, and and of course, all the you know, what what Adam Hughes is famous for all the the female characters look especially beautiful and pretty. And uh, he does not disappoint in that. And then, of course, there's our good pal, Chris Claremont, who, you know, never met a giant soliloquy that he didn't like. And so you've got all these ginormous word balloons. You know, if you're used to reading X-Men back in the day, it's no different than that. There's tons of narration boxes, tons of, of worry captions and descriptions and all that kind of good stuff uh, throughout the course of the the 96-page graphic novel. This is on my list of, of top Star Trek comic book stories. I think I placed it at number four back in the day over on the History of Comics on Film blog spot. And 
yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy it. There's, there's, I mean, this is, you know, you know, it's funny. Adam Hughes is famous for, you know, good girl cheesecake art or however you want to quantify it. Right. Like basically, you know, the, to to me in my mind, I'm kind of like thinking, oh yeah, they're, they're kind of, you know, sexy porn type ladies or whatever. Right. And, 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 and all I can think of is this is like, continuity porn for star trek fans right it's just like everything in the fucking kitchen sink and all kinds of different eras like like i mean even if you hate some of these movies or 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 eras like there, there's bound to be some era in this that you're passionate about like if you're only an original series fan you know you you probably passionate about the kirk and mccoy flashbacks or if you're if you you know if 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 you just like the movies you know maybe you're into the the voyage home kind of connections or the motion picture connections you know and, and all that kind of stuff so i mean i you know for me i i do enjoy this but i i don't know that it was anything i you know again it was kind of expensive i don't know about you guys like how did you I mean, I guess I, I'm imagining I, I think both of you guys have read this before. I don't know if I'm wrong about that, but I, I'm just curious, like how you first came to it. And for me, I, I I'm trying to remember. I I don't think I was able to afford or I don't know that I bought the graphic novel when it first came out, but I think I eventually got it later on. And I have a. Uh, a signed promo poster, you know, I have that promo poster of Dead of Honor. And so I got Adam Hughes to sign it a long time ago at a big wow con. And I, I remember that distinctly because everybody's like, bro, you don't want a sketch. And I was like, dude, I just I just want him to sign this promo poster. He's like, dude, could I have your sketch? And I was like, no, <laughs> she's like, I just want him to sign the fucking poster. And that was like a super long line too. like that was that was a long wait. But anyway. He signed that, and then a couple of years later, I think in Sacramento, I had Chris Claremont sign the the poster as well because you know they're both you know, writer artists and everything like that. But yeah, I, I mean, this is definitely one of my favorite Star Trek comic stories. I had a good time rereading it for the show, but again, I guess I'm kind of curious how you all sort of came to this story. I encountered this in the Intergalactic Trading Catalog. Did you ever order anything from them, Derek? They were kind of infamous in, like, the 90s. I, maybe if I saw an ad from it. Like, I remember, like, America's Best Comics and, mm -hmm. like, and like you know, Mile High Comics always had online order stuff. Like, so uh, it's possible. Like, like their, I mean. Their yeah. company logo was, like, a dragon sitting on the planet, I think. Okay. Okay. Did they Did they also have, like, you know new first issue hot like all that kind of stuff like in there not ads really or, no. no okay they used to have they used to run ads in like Starlog, so maybe you oh okay over one of those okay yeah, yeah yeah i remember seeing an ad in Starlog, and it was something like i don't know you know send us a dollar or two dollars and we'll send you our 90 page catalog and you know being a huge star trek fan i was like okay sure so i get this catalog and it's just packed full of stuff you know as, as derek is fond of saying these were the glory days of Star Trek when Star Trek was huge and there was so much merchandise out there. I mean, I, I used to have a TNG kite and a coloring book and I've still got them somewhere, but I mean, the kite was never assembled. I just was just like, cool, I've got this and now I'm going to put it away. Like I just kind of wanted it because you know, it's just one of those things. Anyway, I would order 
quite a bit of merchandise from them over the years. And I think the last time I ever got a catalog from them was like 2002, maybe. But anyway, I remember flipping through one of their catalogs and I saw this advertised and I was like, okay, cool. Like I, Chris Claremont, I know him, like he writes X-Men and I just ordered it sight unseen. Like I didn't really know much about the story other than a little blurb. I think I had like some leftover Christmas or birthday money or something. Cause I, I, I know I didn't, I've never even seen the hardcover. So like when I saw like the Dave Dorman cover, I was just like, Oh wow. I've never seen that before. Cause I've just never mm. seen the hardcover. I've got, I've still got my original you know, floppy. The yeah. Okay. The soft cover. I still got my floppy, but yeah, I ordered through the intergalactic trading company. And then, you know, four to six weeks later it arrived and I read it and I absolutely loved it. Kind of like Derek. It's one of my favorite Star Trek stories that is illustrated i really love the opening pages of this thing like that that first page of kirk and yeah uh, demo genesis and then when he's he's kicking crooge and then he sees david and then he sees khan and khan's what khan says like it feels like something khan would say like i was i was reading these star trek novels like about a week ago and they involve Spock and Savick and Chekhov, but they didn't feel like the characters. Like they were saying, you know, techno babble and stuff, but I was just like, Chekhov doesn't feel like Chekhov. Like he's not acting like Chekhov. And even Spock was kind of acting out of character and it kind of like took me out of the thing. I finished reading all three books, but it kind of, you know, you notice that things. It's like you you look at something like that and you're just like, yes, I can totally see Khan saying this. Like if if Khan had a final chance to like look Kirk in the eye and say this, like he'd say that. And then sometimes you're like, I it, it, it doesn't matter if it's Khan or Chekhov or Captain America or Aquaman. Sometimes you read a dialogue and you're like, why is Aquaman joking about like eating tacos or or, or whatever stupid thing Ben just has him saying? Like that's not. That's not an Aquaman thing. Like, I I don't know. I love the opening pages on this. Kind of like Derek said, like, I love the way Hughes does facial expressions. One of my favorite ones is when Spock and McCoy are playing chess. And McCoy is just kind of sitting there. He's got his, he's got his hands on his temple and he's just got this sly smile. Like, like the cat that ate the canary. Like, that's great. There are some really great expressions in this. And I don't know. I I could sit here and gush about it all night. Like I I've used some of the panels to like try and you know draw like there's that shot of the Farragut. I remember trying to like draw that. And there's a really nice shot of uh, Savick later on. I think it's the shot when she's like trying to be friendly with the other Romulans and they're just like you know get away from us half breed. You could have been as cool as our commander, but you're a traitor. Like there's that nice shot of her. Like I remember trying to like draw that. And, but yeah, I I love I I absolutely love this comic. Yeah, surprisingly enough, I have read this comic before, and it was only a couple of years, maybe one or two years ago, because uh, IDW did a reprint of it, and I like I knew Justin would want to review it, so I sent it to him, 
And like I like I was curious. I was like, oh, what is this exactly? Like I didn't know if it was a new thing or a reprint. And like, you know, once I saw it was by Chris Claremont and Adam Hughes, I was like, oh, this must be a reprint of something. Like, and then like I, I was like intrigued. So I kinda I I I went through the entire thing. Like I kind of sped read it, but I was like, oh wow, like this is pretty cool. Like and like I the like I remembered the whole framing sequence of Kirk you know being uh, like with the with the whale biologist and stuff and i was like oh that's neat and then like yeah like justin said there's a ton of like fan service like i i noticed a lot of things like i i liked all the flashbacks to various eras and stuff and like this like today like today i like looked it up again and i like reread it in in detail and in depth and i can see why this is held in like such regard like like justin said like everyone sounds in character everyone like you know feels like that character like all the interpersonal relationships are like you know dead on and like it's not surprising i mean it's chris, chris uh, claremont like it's always like i'm not obviously i always say this with every like star trek show but i'm not as big a star trek fan as you guys but like whenever i see a writer that i've known has written for marvel or dc and i'm like oh they wrote some star trek stuff and i'm like and i'm, I'm like i'm almost like never surprised because i'm like oh yeah like i i feel like star trek is like a through line for like all science fiction like you know writers or you know like comic book writers like you know you know, obviously, Peter David's written a ton of Star Trek stuff, like a tons of people have written Star Trek stuff. And like, I had never known that Chris Claremont had written Star Trek stuff. But when I saw this, I was like, oh, well, obviously, like, you know, Claire, of course he did. Like, I feel like tons of comic book writers have written Star Trek stuff. So, yeah. So, like, I now that I've read this really in depth, I really enjoyed it. I can see why you guys like love it. Like, and yeah, like I I, I, I have a really good impression of this. Like the art's beautiful. Like and yeah do you want to talk about any of the 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 cameos do you want to talk about to sell like i i I don't know uh if there's anything like that we want to specifically focus on like i know i know for me like i I know you said you you loved all the opening pages i think it's funny like i really like all the opening pages but i think the perfect example of the disconnect i sometimes have between present day and past is that it's that first panel where Kirk is kind of moping on the the ship and he's just like sitting there with the sweater tied on top of his shoulders and that's like that his hairstyle and his I mean he he looks like he's straight out of the original series do you know what I mean yeah, it's, like it's not that TJ Hooker like kind of like right yeah, and so so, and I, 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 you know, I don't know if that's supposed to be symbolic somehow or whatever, but or or if it's just like you said, ah, that's too beautiful. I'm not gonna make it look like fucking T.J. Hooker and the fuck with it. Like I, I don't know, but I mean, obviously, like I, I, I appreciate the beauty of the page, but then there's that that funny part to me where it's like it's like even by the second page, like right after he gets squirted by George and Gracie, you know, like splashed on where. She says, I, I think it's kind of cute, but the Jillian says, like, oh, well, they're trying to cheer you up, you know, like they can see you're moping this morning, you know, and it's like funny. Right. But like even in that second page, he looks a little older. Do you know what I mean? He looks a little more like the yeah. I guess, as you say, the the T.J. Hooker Shatner look or, or what have you or whatever. And and again, you know, I'm forgiving to this because it's like it's like everything else. I, I always remember, you know, w- when I tried to draw things. One, you, you wanted 
people to be happy with what you were drawing. But if you ever drew something that was supposed to be someone, you never wanted them to feel like, oh, I look like an ugly fucking duckling or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, so, so even, even when you're doing it, I always had that in the back of my head where I was like, well, even if, even if, you know, they don't look as hot at this age as they did at whatever age, I'm going to try to make them look cool you know what i mean like that that whole kind of notion where i wanted people to feel like oh i look badass in in whatever this is right like and so so i i, I could understand like you know trying to draw people with you know at their best you know you know appearance and all that kind of stuff so i'm not like gonna be like oh where's where's kirk's gut and where's this and that or whatever and and then as you you go to the different eras it's fun to look at like you know, the different outfits, like they get to, you know, especially with Kirk, like you get to have him in like that kind of, you know, where no man has gone before Starfleet outfit, or I guess the cage Starfleet outfit where they have that kind of, you know, the turtleneck look when he first meets to sell and everything. So like those, those are like really cool looking pages and everything. I, 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 I guess for some reason I'm kind of reminded of, the fan film, what was it that we watched? The 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 final frontier, the first frontier, or oh, whatever. Yeah, first frontier. Yeah, like like I mean the 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 bug things in this are kind of, you know what I mean? Like they're they're, they're they, they, I mean you find out a little bit more about them, but they are kind of, you know, mindless you know opponents or you know like and 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 it's interesting because it's it's hard to quantify. Like it it just seems like that through line is what they they appear after a disaster for some reason because they think there's some kind of opening in the universe or something you know so it's like you don't really entirely see their motivations or what have you you know what i mean but they they're they're a bit you know i don't know what robert heinlein or something you know what i mean they're just kind of like you know kill the bugs you know like that that kind of shit or whatever so there's not there's not too much to them I know, um, I, I guess I'll just keep going with stuff, but like, like I, I, I know for me, it was fun to see Admiral Nagura because, you know, after dropping the lost years in the bathtub, like 50 times, it was nice to see like, the, uh, the, like a visual of the yeah. guy. Cause I, I always imagined like, like, I think when I read that book, I tried to like frame a picture in my head and I would think of like either like Japanese friends I had and maybe their their fathers or uncles or you know what I mean like I tried to pick or maybe maybe I pictured like you know certain Japanese actors or something like you know like whenever I was you know the the multiple times I tried to read that fucking book and dropped it in the fucking bathtub and all that shit right I, I had different things in my head but it was it was cool to see Adam Hughes's interpretation of of that character and everything. And I don't know why, but it was always such a big deal to me, I think, because pro probably because, you know, he, he got name dropped in the motion picture, right? Like, you know, Oh, he, he gave her to you. I don't think it was that easy. You know? So it's like, it's nice to, to, to see him interacting with, with that character, even in a different, you know, uh, I guess past environment and stuff like that and and then like you know all the all the ladies you know i mean i mean to sell especially but you know the you know whether it's it's you know jillian or savik or or uh you know uh janice rand you know like like uhura like like you know i i, I think everybody like you know looks their best you know for for the time frame this is supposed to take place in and then when they go to the past too like you get to 
you get to see Uhura, you know, in the, the, the original series. And there's that, that nice panel of Kirk in his casual thing that was used in the promo poster and like all the, you know, like the in-house ads where Kirk and, you know, he, he it's kind of like they have a, you know, almost like an Avengers, you know, circle formation where there's all those away crew, you know, sort of firing on the, the bugs and stuff like that. So all that stuff is really cool. And and like you said, McCoy's got that shit-eating grin on his face when him and Spock are playing 3D chess, you know. And then it's fun to see, you know, the the different kind of, you know, changes where you get to see, you know, even though they're not my favorite uniforms, it's like they 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 pull off the, I guess, the away mission uniforms from the motion picture admirably. Like, you know, they, they, they have their, I don't even know what to call those uniforms. It's like they got their fire retardant, you know, smock or whatever it is that they wear, you know. I know, I know some people kind of criticize like the, I mean, it, they, they do really kind of vomit the, the fan service, right? Where it's like, you know, not, not only do the, the, the seven, you know, main crew, you know, the, the, the film, I guess, cast, right. Not only do they abscond with the enterprise to, to meet up with Kirk, but then it's like, they, they bring all these different characters back from the, the various, you know, episodes and TV series and stuff like that. So I guess, you know, it's like, this is, this is like, like the, the moment where, they they have that sort of continuity porn or whatever you know like that type of thing where you're like oh okay we've got uh you know kevin riley and we've got dave bailey and we've got john styles and we've got mira romaine and carolyn palamas and you know and, and then it's like oh and then it turns out core is part of the alliance you know so it's like there's all that kind of stuff that's going on in in the background you know when they finally go to confront these these aliens and everything like that uh, i guess i'd uh, you know I'm, I'm curious what you think of this but there 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 is that line of dialogue where they 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 try to claremont's trying to clever clever like the difference between the ridged klingons oh. and the non-ridged klingons mm -hmm. and like it's funny to me because it's like i can see why that like Part of me can see why that's his his explanation, but it feels like it doesn't work for me because the uh, he says he says they lost the ship during the V'ger encounter, but I'm like the people that lost ships during the V'ger encounter in the movie were the ridged Klingons, so shouldn't shouldn't they be the ones on the outs? Like why why would they gain dominance for losing? ships like i don't I, I don't know i didn't understand that like like i i didn't i i, I would think wouldn't it be the other way around like like if if the non-ridged version like i i'm not even going to get into the whole genetic thing but I, I i didn't understand the reasoning behind that i think he's talking about the loss of the dreadnought that his like race if you want to call it that bill because that's the ship that they're on kirk and to sell like later and they get that you know the weapon to beat the alien guys at the end okay i think that's what he's referring to yeah because he, he says oh the loss of the dreadnought during the v'ger encounter caused my people irredeemable disgrace but that's so so it wasn't that he lost it because of v'ger he lost it because of the bug aliens or i i, I just i still don't get it like if they lost the ship 
then then that was his ship not they're not talking about the ships that they lost from V'ger in the motion picture right okay that's my understanding okay because I was kind of like, well, if if they're gonna be banished, like, why don't you banish all the, why why don't you banish uh, Mark Leonard and all those fucknuts <laughs> that lost ships? I I don't know. That's why I was like, I it like I I sort of understood it, but I I couldn't sort of quite wrap my head around it. And of course, you know, there's there's all that stuff that you know contradicts. Like Core even shows up later in you know Deep Space Nine, and he's yeah. got the ridges, and they do the whole either we don't like to talk about this, or you do the Enterprise thing with the genetic you know manipulation and yada 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 you know so it's like you know there's always going to be that i don't know the the in-between episode weirdness i guess we'll call it you know that that's they you know they didn't know certain things at the time like that that's something that's interesting to me too because i feel like this also has that unique advantage of and it's kind of you know what i was raging against you know in some sense when we talked about star trek six is like seems like he trusts core i mean you know what i mean like it seems like you know just just like the the you know i kind of yelled about with the the you know the the dude bro from from star trek 5 right like they he's teamed up with klingons like it's not like he doesn't trust all of them you know what i mean like th- this seems more like the the kirk that william shatner was trying to pitch but they wouldn't let him pitch it you know what i mean like where he's like dude that's not what kirk's about like type thing and and so you've got these examples of you know he's you know yes you know there's that kind of thing of oh he's defying starfleet orders yet again but but he's bringing together you know romulans and klingons to to fight a a mutual threat and and there's no i mean as much as the death of david weighs on his mind in this like he doesn't it's not like when he when core shows up he's like oh you fucking asshole you know like you did this or whatever you know what i mean and i don't know if that's because they're trying to say like oh well you ain't the ridged fuck who killed my son but you know whatever but you know i i mean to me it's like klingon's a fucking klingon you know what i mean like they they don't you know he, he doesn't he doesn't hold the grudge against any of the klingons that help in this encounter you know what i mean so there's the, the, the that's something that i i found fascinating about it too you know how do you feel about uh jamie and like her kind of uh klingon stuff because i always like that aspect of that it's, especially it's good i think i think it it owes a lot to to the Riker episode i mean like because mm. i think that took place before this but but i mean still it's i mean i i, I suppose you could argue there's a lot of things that this was influenced and or inspired by but i mean i i think it works rather well you know what i mean like that that you know she gets to to kind of be core's first officer and you know run around in the klingon outfit and and she, and do she that kicks the thing. shit out of that klingon lady to like, yeah, yeah 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 with nothing she's just like well <laughs> yeah and well i mean to of... me to me that reminds me of you know it's like that's how how in that you know Riker episode you know, it's like the the you, you know somebody snarls at you. You know, you gotta fucking whoop some ass, otherwise they're gonna walk all over you. You know, so I always appreciated it too because you know the the episode that she comes from, she's like at the beginning absolutely in tears and completely blames Kirk for what they think is her right, dad's right. death. But then you know she's like, oh, you know, 
we were all fooled, but it, it's nice to see her go from that, even though they kind of made up the end of the episode. It's nice to see her go from that to like kind of this confident woman. Like the first time Kirk sees her, he's like, Jamie Finney on the, you know, in the command chair. What? And then yeah, she's like yeah. hanging out with Klingons and kicking their asses and, you know, doing stuff with them. Yeah, I, I, I think I think all that stuff is pretty fun. Like what? Uh, how about Takur? Do what, do we want to talk about Takur? Like, sure. I mean, can I, I? You know, yeah. Well, I was gonna ask. Like, didn't Justin? Didn't you tell me that? Like, they, they. I mean, they kind of imply it here, but didn't you tell me that she, the Kirk, might be her father? Or yeah, that's kind of what they're implying. Yeah, like, well, did they ever like officially come out and say it somewhere else, or is it just like... uh, there's? She wasn't there's... an annual, but I've never yeah. read that annual. I think, I think, but that that was a next generation annual, so I don't know if it yeah. comes up or not. Like, like there, I, you know, there's there's some stuff in that that obviously gets contradicted because you know it's a comic, and you know when they make later TV shows and stuff and... like you know, the, the, you know, Deep Space Nine didn't care about that comic book right because i think in that they said core had died or something like that but i don't i don't know that that came up or not but supposedly the name to means daughter of the house of Kir, like k-i-r so i i so, think that's yeah so so that's that's kind of like your hint he, she's the daughter of kirk she has a lot of dialogue that you could read it one way she's like oh my mom taught me chess and she taught me to like embrace you know the different aspects of myself and all that and you can kind of maybe you can read it one way or you can read it in the way that okay she she's told to care that she's like at least half human yeah i mean the, yeah that, part human the, the, those those lines definitely suggest that she's she's not only romulan and not only vulcan like she's also human you know so you know this kind of and maybe it's because we would we've been talking about it a little bit on bot talk but this this whole story kind of reminds me of like transformers generation two like sort of just because <laughs> you know they it's a alliance of like you know hated enemies against this encroaching like sort of swarm like thing like i don't know and it just kind of gives me that kind of end of an era feeling that like the end of transformers generation 2 did like where you know the, at the end you know core's kind of like hey look at the future like kirk like you know we're all going to be one big happy family probably like or something so and like you know there's a sort of even if it doesn't pan out that way there's a sort of like you know sense of that hope in the future that i kind of felt like at the end of Generation 2, when, like, the Autobots and Decepticons kind of finally, like, become an, an, an alliance. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, they, they have the added sort of advantage of, you know, what what Core is saying does come to fruition, you know, in the Next Generation era. So there there's there's some, some credence to his, you know, I don't know, wisdom or witticisms or whatever you want to call it, you know. We are one big happy fleet. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I'm kind of, I, I guess maybe because it was, it was Claremont's baby. Not too many people did too much with to cure, but yeah. But yeah, I, I, and I also think it's kind of like a, a happy ending to, to have the, the whales have a kid and that whole thing, you know? 
I liked McCoy saying like <laughs> one of my favorite lines in the whole thing was like when McCoy's thinking of him uh, like to himself when he's like, you know, like all my old friends are like doctors and stuff. But somehow like all of Jim's old friends are like beautiful women. Like, you know, it's like somehow like all of Jim's <laughs> old friends look like that. Like, you know, when he's going back to, to here, I kind of like how near the end of the comic, she has a scene with Kirk and it kind of reminds me of like the scene at the end of Star Trek 2, where David is kind of talking to Kirk, you know, they're kind of having this heart-to-heart. And also part of this scene here, it's kind of like, you know, Tassel offered Kirk, she's like, hey, let's just like, let's just go off on our own and have our own adventures. Like, forget about our governments. It'll be great. And you can tell he's kind of tempted, but I, I always liked his little Claremont soliloquy here where he's talking about, you know, he can't, he can't do, he can't do what he did to the original Enterprise, to the A, he has to like let the Enterprise A earn her own name, and you, you can tell like I don't know. It's it's weird that he kind of feels more pain and sorrow over the death of his ship than his son. But I mean, it, I don't know. I mean, it's one one can be replaced, and it was, but the other one can't. But he kind of feels more pain over turning Enterprise into a rogue, and then blowing her up than he does the death of David. I don't know. It can, it almost feels like David is somewhat of an afterthought, aside from that one you know, panel at the beginning of the story. Mm. I don't know. I, do you have thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying, because cause it, it seems like... I mean, it, if you want to take it like... like uh as a metaphor like mm-hmm. to Kerr is the enterprise a to david's original enterprise <laughs> like like that's i mean it's like it's like they're they're trying to I, I i don't know i don't know if that's like supposed to be like metatextual commentary or whatever but it's like oh no like kirk's gonna cry because his son died well let's just let's give him a daughter and they they can they can do the same thing you know like so it's like i don't know it's weird it's like some aspect of that seems like sour grapes that they, you know, you know, this could have been an opportunity to explore things that would have been explored with David only with Takur, even though they never really took much advantage of that, you know, like, and that's, that's kind of, to me, that's kind of how I see what he's talking about with the the enterprise a, right? Like he, he, he says, it's my penance to, to you know to help the enterprise a like you were saying sort of become you know its own you know crew and starship and and something that you know is not reflective of how the original enterprise went out or whatever but i mean he acknowledges it i mean he he does he does say is that weird that i'm that maybe i'm more sad about my ship than than my son but you know i i don't know maybe maybe (laughs) You know, to, to me, like, sometimes, like, you wonder, like, it's not like it was a son that he watched be grow born up. and yeah. grow up and lived his entire life with. It was a son that he had, I mean, what 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 kind of time frame are we talking about here? Like, from Star Trek 2 to Star Trek 3, how much, I mean, how much time had passed? No time? Like, a year? You know, I, like. 
I always you know imagined I mean? it was just a few days at most. Right, right. Like, I mean, I mean that that that's the thing that cracks you up about the DC Comics, right? Because if you know, if the DC Comics are to be believed, they had like 50 billion adventures between Star <laughs> Trek two and three, right? But when you watch Star Trek two and three, it's like the the ships beat up and damaged, and they come home, and then he he goes home for a little while and has uh, has his you know. A little meeting with with Sarek and Sarek's like hey go get McCoy and all this other stuff so I mean I, I could believe you know what like a couple months you know what I mean like like the, you know they're like the, the, the ship was getting repaired in space dock and you know he was in San Francisco for a few weeks or you know whatever it is weeks months like but I don't I you know and so I, I guess what I'm trying to illustrate is you know he he knew David for you know what uh, I, you know, at best, like a few months, like, so, so, and that, that's not to say that he's not, you know, he doesn't feel guilt over it, that he's not saddened over it, but he was on the enterprise for what, like what, five years plus whatever, whatever this movie stuff is considered, you know, like another 10 years and, and, and change, right? Like, yeah. so, so, I mean, that's almost like, you know, what 15 20 years like versus three months like so it, in that context like th does that seem you know like there, there's something about those that seem pretty lopsided too like uh, you know and it, it's like you know that, that that's um i don't know you know that that's something to to be considered right so like like maybe you already answered this but did they do anything more with any of these characters like you know like to Kerr and you know the, the only other thing I know about is that she showed up in one of the next generation annuals. So like they, they, they hint at certain things. She, she survived till Picard's time. Like she became some kind of, you know, Romulan captain or some such, you know what I mean? Like, like she went on to, to do things, but uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think, you know, there was very, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know that, I mean, I don't even think. Am I wrong? I don't even think Claremont wrote that annual. I think he did actually. Oh, he did. Okay. Okay. So I then... I think that same annual also had like Jamie coming back and doing some Klingon uh, things. But okay. okay. Again, I I never read it. Okay. But yeah, so so to me, it seems like again, you know, maybe that instinct. It's it's Claremont's baby, right? And he was the only one who ever did anything with her. You know what I mean? Like it's probably like that. You know. Who knows? Maybe there was like, uh, like with the Batman editorial, they're like, oh, we're, we don't want to worry about that Bat Baby from Son of the Demon until like, you know, it's like may maybe they just need to wait for Grant Morrison to start writing Star Trek comics. And it's like, we'll bring back Takar and she'll kick all kinds of ass, you know, <laughs> you know, like or whatever. But but no, I don't think I don't think uh, anyone else but Claremont has done anything with her. I wonder, like, I, I was going to say, like, I was just wondering if Kirk, like, ever found out that she was, you know, potentially his daughter, but probably not. Well, I mean, I, I guess it depends on how you interpret this graphic novel, right? I mean, like, I, I, I feel like when they, when they have that moment that Justin was talking about when they're in the... I don't know, the, the fake 10 forward or whatever the fuck that is, you know, like the observation dick. Yeah. That, I mean, to me, it's like, she says that 
her mother used to say she was painfully human. I would like to find out what that means. And Kirk says, it will be my pride and privilege to help you learn. I mean, to me, yeah, they don't come out and say it, but I mean, it seems like, I mean, I don't know. It, to, to me, it's like that whole, uh, you know, Jim Gordon backroll thing. I mean, I think I think they know. Like, I think he does. Yeah, like, maybe. Uh... Yeah. I mean, what, what? He's like, I mean, if 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 he doesn't know, then then my next response as Kirk would be, "What other humans has your mom been fucking?" You know, <laughs> <laughs> that would be my response. <laughs> Your mom still found time to fuck some other human? What? In the middle of all that shit? Like, when? I think maybe Kirk would would see, you know, her in, like, the Nexus or something, but no. Of course not. Not Joan Collins, not to sell. It's, uh... Antonia. It's Antonia. This is the greatest well, love Whoever the life. fuck she is. Yeah. <laughs> whoever the fuck that not is. Not Carol Marcus. Antonia? God, like I mean, they should bring <laughs> they should bring to sell back and like have her ask Picard or something. Oh, what happened to Jim Kirk? And he's like, I dropped a bridge on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and she's like, Oh, was it fun? Yes, he said it was fun. Yeah, <laughs> thank God. But yeah, this is. I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't know that there's much more that we have to say, but I I I think this is fun. I think it's worth reading, especially if you're a fan of of star trek the original series the movies you know there's there's lots of of fun easter eggs here there's you know of course uh, as we keep unabashedly gushing about there's there's you know beautiful art in every single page and it's you know it's it's an engaging and fun read you know the the worst thing you can say about it is you know Claremont's wordy, but you know, come on, like that—that that comes with the package, right? Like you, you kind of know what you're getting into when, when you see the name Claremont on a, on a comic book, right? I mean, plus it's Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. This is, like I said, this is one of my favorite Star Trek comics, like this, and that DC Volume One Annual Three, you know, Scotty's story, like those. Yeah. Those two comics are probably like my top two Star Trek comics ever. It's it's funny to me because like you wouldn't I feel like you don't see stories like this in comic books, at least anymore, where, you know, it's a it, like you said, it's full of fan service and stuff. I feel like they put all that stuff on like in films now, like in, instead, like they did. They're like, oh, this will put butts in the seat or whatever. But now, like, you know, most of the people they hire for comic books just want to write their own like fucking thing or whatever. So that's Scotty annual i think was like my number one on my list so i i agree with you about that and 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 this is definitely high up there so it was it was number four so well yeah and the 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 title itself that graphic novel it was a finalist for the 1993 harvey award for best graphic album so it it was nominated for awards as well so award-winning on top of everything else so do you know what actually won? I, I have no idea. I don't know. It got nominated for something, so I don't know if anybody keeps track of that stuff. To be perfectly honest, like, can we can we go and be like, what was the Harvey Award winner for 1992 or whatever? I don't it's know. a winner in my book. Yeah. 
you think like what's the Star Trek wiki uh, memory alpha or whatever? Mm-hmm. You think they mm-hmm. would like keep track of that shit or something? Mm-hmm. Or maybe well, beta. Yeah, because it, it's not considered canon. I'm I'm on it. It's it's got like, I mean it's it's got data, but it's very incomplete. It's just kind of like, oh, here are all the characters that are in it. Here are all the characters that are referenced. Here are all the starships and vehicles. You know, here here are all the locations and races and tech and references and stuff like that. But I don't think there's anything. Let's see. Yeah, background. Adam Hughes and Carl Story went to great lengths to accurately portray the simplistic 2250s Starfleet uniform and accompanying sleeve rank insignia portrayed in the original series episode the cage where no man has gone before and other contemporary stories the story is a first and only appearance of the 2250s three stripe admiral starfleet uniform sleeve rank insignia as well as the origination of assignment patches for the uss farragut and two other unspecified assignments one on dr mccoy and one on nagura the Farragut insignia in particular would go on to be reused in other DC Comics publications. One oddity is McCoy's 2250s sleeve insignia of two stripes, which would signify a captain's rank. So, I don't know. That didn't tell us anything about uh, awards, but, I mean, you know, that's basically what made a, a memory beta is talking about, other than, you know, kind of little, you know, blurbs or whatever all right i i think this is it so if anybody has any comments questions and or concerns you can email us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com if you want to check out the backlog of episodes of comics motherfucker do you read them you can check them out over on the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com you can direct download all the episodes right on the site If you want to check us out on Apple Podcasts, you can find us there. We're also on all kinds of streaming. We're on Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And we are on all kinds of social media. Our Fanholes Facebook page just got hacked, so don't worry. Um, Well, it didn't get hacked, but one of our group members got hacked, and thus the page was compromised momentarily. But I uh, I fixed that shit, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, if you want to uh, reach out to us on social media, we're on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. And we appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, and retweets that we receive. So until the next time, this is Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Hey, it's Mike, and all oh, right, I've got a daughter. I've got a second try. <laughs> and this is Justin. Beware Romulans bearing secret offspring. (laughs) (laughs) David who? Who needs David when we've got George and Gracie's uh, Gracie Jr. and Takur? become a druggie in the next generation anyway.
I need the what what do they call that shit? I need my glow or whatever the fuck. I can't remember what it was called, but yeah. <laughs> I need my shit. <laughs> I'm gonna shock Commander Riker till I get it. The medicine, that's what they kept calling in that episode. I need my medicine. And send your hate mail to fanhousepodcast at gmail.com. Kirk's like, Klingon bastards, you saved my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I've never trusted a Klingon except for that time in Dead of Honor and Star Trek V and a myriad of other ancillary comics and books. Cora's <laughs> like, oh, it's no problem, Kirk. And could you stop calling us bastards? Not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know where your mother is? I didn't think so. And your father? That's how that yeah. works, right? 